Welcome to the Homemakers Club podcast. The Homemakers Club is a sisterhood of women who value the old-fashioned ways and traditions of making a house a home. As you listen in each week to conversation between myself and a fellow homemaker, it is my hope that you'll feel as though we are old friends and you're stopping by my home for a long-standing weekly tradition of sweet tea and sweet conversation. As good old friends do, we will celebrate the simplicities of ordinary days and come alongside one another to navigate the joys and hardships of homemaking. It is my prayer that when we say our goodbyes at the end of each episode, you leave with a heart that is enriched and filled with provision so that when you tie your apron strings each morning, you are joyfully ready to create a beautiful and fruitful life within your home. Grab a cup of tea and I'll meet you at the kitchen table. Hey everyone, welcome to the Homemakers Club podcast. Today I have my long friend Angelina Mueller with me. You can find her on Instagram at Nurturing the Seasons. We are so grateful to be here with y'all today and talking about home and what that looks like for us individually and also on social media. Angelina, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Hello, thank you for having me. This is such an honor and I'm so excited to just be chatting with you and so many other women that follow along in this great community that you've cultivated. So thank Thank you. Thank you. It's so fun and so wild to see so many women. It's not just like an Instagram page. Like we are actually making friends within the community. It has just been such a blessing on my life. And so to hear you say that, it means a lot to me. So thank you. Before we get started, I'd really love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and the journey you're at right now within your homemaking um, motherhood seasons of life. Okay, so I was born in the Chicagoland area, and then my family we moved up to northern Wisconsin when I was in seventh grade, and then I moved back to Chicago for college. I went to school and got my degree in hospitality, so food and beverage management. I've always loved just serving people in general, and so that's been my thing. I worked in the food and beverage industry for a very, very long time, but then once we moved back, so I currently live in Michigan, and that's where my husband's from, and so we had moved back to Michigan to be closer to his family. And I was looking for a career that wasn't nights and weekends and holidays and really busy because I was wanting to start a family. And so I worked for a law firm for about six to seven years. And during that time, I had four children within, let's see, I currently have four under the age of seven. So seven, five, three, and 18 months. And once I had my third child, we just decided just to have me stay home just because daycare is insanely expensive. And it just made the most sense that way. And we prayed over that for a very long time because financially we weren't sure if that was going to be doable, but God has been so good to us and has allowed me to be able to stay home with not just my third child, but with my fourth child. And just over the last couple of years of being home with them, I have had to learn so much about homemaking in general. I've always loved the house and the home. I grew up in a very loving family. My mom was constantly creating a wonderful home environment, but I didn't really have that for myself quite yet. And so it's been a learning experience just over the last few years of really how to like cultivate that and what kind of home I want to provide for my family and for my children and all those memories. And so that's kind of just what I've been focusing on at home with them. And it's been wonderful. I mean, I 
I'm so grateful for this opportunity because I have learned that even though while I went to school for a long time and got this bachelor's degree and had these desires and goals to kind of grow up the corporate ladder and be in charge of these huge restaurants in Chicago, like that's just not what God had in mind for me. Like this is where I am supposed to be. How did you know, like what in your heart was telling you that you wanted to be home to raise your children? I just never wanted to be at work. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's you go to school and you, I really was really passionate about what I did, but I just knew that home was where my heart is. Like that's where I wanted to. And the more children that I had and the more they needed me, I just wanted to create that really safe and loving environment for them. And so I just, I just knew that that's what I had to do. I love that. You were just talking about the last couple of years, like honing in and really kind of cultivating the home that you and your husband believe to be good and beautiful for your family. What does that look like for you personally? Like, how are you like, I really believe in this or we really believe in this? Like, did you, do you sit down and have these conversations with your husband about the home you want to build? What does that look like for you? Okay, so first of all, I'm gonna preface by saying I'm a very busy person. I arrive on a schedule. So the fact that I went from a nine to five, you know, dinner was the same time every single night. I had my set schedule for what I did when I got home from work to having zero schedule during the day was very difficult for me. Yes, it is. <laughs> so hard. I'm sure a lot of other stay-at-home moms can relate if you've had the opportunity to stay home with your kids, but that was hard because while I knew my home and I knew what my home needed to thrive. I was not used to that at all. And so it just took a lot for me to kind of, you have to like listen to your home and like watch how it flows. And I just knew that I wanted a loving home. Like that's my main priority for my children and for my family is a loving home and a safe home and a home that they just want to be at all the time. And so I sat down and kind of mapped out a plan of a daily rhythm that I follow because it got very overwhelming at first. You know, like, of course, when I was working nine to five, the weekends are my time to clean and to do all that kind of stuff. Well, now I have like every single day, all hours of the day to do that aside from having little children running around. And so I've had to learn to make schedules, make routines, even with my kids, like we have a set, you know, routine that kind of just like they've created themselves naturally just because of nap times and wanting to eat lunch and quiet times. But my husband, I mean, he knows that family and home is everything. <laughs> so I just made actually made a post last week on Instagram about serving and serving within your home. And I think that he's on the same page with that. And so we both kind of just really like to create love and comfort and, you know, teach Jesus in our home so that our children feel that safety and that security. I love that. What does that look like for you guys? Like, what are some of the things that you're purposely doing within your routine and rhythm at home that you feel like this is part of the big picture. I know we talk a lot about like eating dinner around the table, but I'd love to know what are some of the key things that you're doing within your home that are foundational for what you and your husband believe to be that comforting place that they want to gather. And not just now when they're little children and grow into teenagers, but hopefully when they're older, they can bring their families back to your home and they replicate some of the things that you're doing. What are those things that you really try to do every day? So yes, family dinner is very important. Nobody misses family dinner, <laughs> including myself. And so we do that. I try my best to include them in everything that I'm doing. So sometimes it does take a little bit longer to complete a task, but if I'm doing the laundry, like I will hand a piece of clothing to my 18 month old and she'll put it in the dryer. Like doing that kind of stuff, that's going to help them just 
be better when they're older and self-sufficient and sustainable. Obviously, being kind to one another, we always are trying to teach that within our home because kindness is everything these days. Cheering Jesus, we do our prayers before bed. My daughter makes her first communion this April, which is so exciting. I'm so excited about that. And so her and I sit down together and we do our devotionals and Bible studies together. We just really try to make them good people. (laughs) I mean, the only way you can really do that is by modeling it yourself. And so we're just really firm believers of just being kind and compassionate. And we do have a lot of squabbles in the house, you know, with four young children with sharing all that. But those are really great learning opportunities for them just to learn how to treat other people nicely. So it is true. And they can carry it forth into the world. And as they get older and hopefully into their homes, I think that's like something that we all pray so much about is like everything that we're doing right now in our home, it could be replicated for generations to come because of our hard work. And so I love that you're implementing these things with them being at such a young age. My children are nine and 15 and, and I did the same thing. Like I learned how to include them in my things. And sometimes to be honest, like sometimes I'm like, I just want to make dinner by myself. Like, please (laughs) just, I need my quiet time in my kitchen. That, I mean, so it's not all rainbows and butterflies. There's plenty of days where I'm like, y'all, I seriously just need a break for 10 minutes or go be on your device or whatever while I make dinner and I'm going to turn on some music and light a candle because, I mean, we are home all day, every day with our children and our families and sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be heavier than what it looks like on social media. I think Within the homemaking community, we love the idea of how beautiful what we do is. Whether it's aesthetically, the meals we make, the sourdough we do, the lessons we would do with our children at the kitchen table, or like you're saying, like laundry with your children. Like we all have this beautiful idea of what we want it to look like, but some days it's not, I mean, not every hour is not even the same. And so I'd love to know kind of your thoughts on the reality of our days because we love to paint that beautiful picture or I don't even think it's like a facade and like something we're trying to fake on social media we I think we tend to highlight the best of our days or the pretty corner of our kitchen when the rest of the kitchen has tons of dishes like I think we appreciate beauty but I think talking about kind of the hardships in conversation is important as well uh, yes, I couldn't agree more. So when you mentioned about giving your child like devices while you make dinner and stuff, mm-hmm. because that is so a-okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's really hard some days. Like there are some days where my toddler, I'm home with the baby and the toddler all day long. There is no way I can get things done if, they, if they're at my feet 24-7, you know? There'll be days where I'm like, please just sit down and watch a show. I just need to do the dishes or the laundry or mop the floors or all that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's hard because like you said, we tend to, I really love and value and I'm and motivated by beautiful things. And so, yes, I will find that gorgeous corner where the light shining through in the morning to photograph, but the rest of my house is a disaster <laughs> and that's okay. I just think that with social media, a lot of things are shown that are beautiful and a lot of women can fall into that trap of wanting that and only that, but you have to realize that they're, that's not always going to be the case and it's not realistic. And it's just not good to beat yourself up over the fact that you don't have that beautiful kitchen or you don't have, you know, the beautiful 
I don't know, like <laughs> tableware, any of that, but you're still a really great homemaker and you're still a really wonderful wife and a wonderful mom and you're a child of God. And that's all that matters. Just creating a really safe and comfortable and, you know, that's the word I'm looking for. Home. <laughs> Beautiful home. Yeah. <laughs> just creating the safe home is the only thing that your children are ever going to remember. And I fall into this trap too with social media. I mean, I'll scroll through and I love, love, love the beautiful aesthetic photos. But I really appreciate when people are very honest and real behind the scenes because it makes me feel just that I'm doing an okay job too, you know? So I don't know. It's just, it's a tricky thing because Instagram is great for so many things. I've met so many wonderful friends, community, but it can also just be a trap of making you feel less than and that is definitely not the case. I agree. And and also I think part of that is there's is I think it's kind of twofold. So using it as a tool for inspiration and encouragement and friendship. So like I wasn't on social media for 10 months before I came back into the homemakers club. I was off of it because I fell into that trap. I was coveting things that other people had. I was loading my shopping carts online, not actually purchasing them because we're on a tight budget. But like I was constantly like looking and looking and looking for things I wanted. I was feeling like we were in this weird season too where 98% of our belongings were in storage and we were living in a friend's one-bedroom shop apartment on a farm because we were in between where we were living between Washington and Idaho. And so I got really unhealthy, like so unhealthy. I mean, it was just a mess. And so I finally was like, this isn't healthy. And so I got off social media and then got back on, but I had the idea and mindset that I was going to use it completely different. I was going to use it as a tool for friendship to find beauty and then go create beauty within my own home because by that point we had bought our little house. And and so I had to kind of hone in like this discipline on my own heart that I was going to use Instagram and Pinterest as a completely different tool than what I had been using it before. And I had to really moderate that. Like I had to be very mindful and I still do. And, and I don't have a problem putting my phone down because I I want to use it differently. And then secondly, the other thing is also a knowing. Like a lot of women within the Homemakers Club, we do want to, like you were saying, like take a photo of the light coming in the kitchen because we are drawn maybe aesthetically to like beautiful moments within our home and snapping that photo. But I know you have four children. I know for a fact you have laundry that needs to get done. You probably have dishes in your sink. If not, then good job, but you'll make lunch and then you'll have more dishes and you'll have to clean it. Like that, this is a knowing that I think we have to learn how to develop as well to know that like these homes are lived in and that I want to believe is a heart within our homemaking community. Not only are we here because they're aesthetically pleasing homes that we're seeing, but also we want to make a home fruitful and beautiful and productive for the families that we're caring for. Yeah. I, and I love seeing that now on Instagram. I feel like more people are kind of just showing their other side, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I appreciate because like I said, like it just makes you feel like normal, like, okay, if they have a house, but I actually now love sharing the dirty. (laughs) Not that I want people to see like my dirty laundry, but like, sure. I haven't washed my floor in a month, but that's okay. (laughs) Like, It's kind of pointless at this point because 
it's more children. And I'd better rather use my time to play with them or to read to them or to give them a hug than always worrying about my dirty floor. And there is the right there, the beauty in homemaking, what you just said. Like I could see a photo. Actually, I can even walk in my own kitchen. I've trained myself to do this now with the mindset shift of like seeking the beauty in the life that happens within my home. There's so many times the light will be coming through my kitchen and my laundry room. I have like these great light in that area. I could come in and I could have dirty dishes on the counter. My floors can be a wreck and the light is so beautiful. And I'm like, wow, this is home to me. Like it is so pretty right now. And I have a family that I've been feeding three meals a day and I haven't done one dish yet all day today. Like that is beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a mental shift that you have to make. Mm-hmm. And I've also mentioned this before, but just the idea of that you get to do these things. Like I've been blessed to stay home, to raise my family, to spend this time with my children and to just to be here for them. And that in itself just makes me so happy. Like it just gives me the shivers. Like, <laughs> like I just got chills because it's just such a wonderful, and it's like you mentioned before, like not all women get that and that's okay because you're still that part. Like you're still your family's mom and wife and you're doing the best that you can. And it's just, mm-hmm. you got to just embrace it <laughs> and have grace, right? Have yes. grace for yourself because even if we're home all day, every day, I have friends who do wildly an amazing job at tending to their home and they're not home eight hours a day. Like they, they work outside their home, they come home and I'm like, y'all are rock stars, to be honest, mm-hmm. because I'm home all day. Well, sometimes though, I feel like I did a better job before I was staying home all day because oh. I wasn't home all day. Okay. So there was nobody there making the messes. Mm-hmm. And I always made sure like the dishes were done and put away before I left for work. So that way I didn't come home to a pile of dishes in the sink. I was more efficient with my time, I think, because I knew I only had a short amount of time to get things done. And then I also have less children. <laughs> so there's that. Right. But I feel like being home now, I'm just like, oh, I can do that later. Like, I'll go get some coffee first and then I'll tackle that. And so but I don't know. Like, little, that's really huge, a little huge less thing. discipline, maybe. Yeah. I think that's I been a goal of mine. Yeah, I file into that all the time, too. Like, we almost like I fly by the seat of my pants a little bit. So there is like a natural rhythm, like you were saying, as far as the children kind of guide certain aspects, like when we have breakfast. So I could sit here and say Mm -hmm. like, we don't really have a routine. Like I don't have like a set schedule per se. I mean, there's certain Mm -hmm. things I like to get done by certain times, like school we try to do within certain hours of the day. We homeschool. The kids have sports or wherever they have to be by certain times each day. So there are certain like markers throughout our day that we have to do dinner at a certain time like that. But other than that, it's just really fluid and rhythmic. And so I love that you've lived both lives. You were homemaking while you were outside of the home working. And then now you're home full time. What do you think the biggest struggle was for you then and then compare that to what that looks like now for you. I feel like then I always thought that I didn't have enough time in my day to get anything done mm-hmm. because I was working. <laughs> but now I feel like I have, I can't say too much time because I don't, but it was like, well, we also had moved 
from one house to another house that had more square footage. And so I've been trying to navigate how to manage that, which has been quite difficult for me because it's just extra bathrooms and extra rooms to clean. And so while I'm continuously tidying up, I just don't feel like I'm on top of the actual cleaning part of it. And so while I did develop a schedule, I also feel like sometimes if I just don't, I miss a day or if I miss something, then I just kind of spiral downhill and I just don't complete the rest of the week. (laughs) So I've actually set it up to where every single day of the week is kind of like assigned a task. So like on Mondays, I do our bathrooms and I dust and I vacuum. So like that's Mondays and then Tuesdays, I'll deep clean the kitchen. And so every room or task is assigned a day. But I feel like if I just don't do the kitchen, then I just don't do the kitchen that week. Right. So it's been hard to just kind of stay on top of it all. And I, I know part of it too is I do have two small kids at home. You know, my baby is now extremely wanting to be around me 24 seven. And so that's difficult, but that's definitely something that I'm working on within our home is just to get on top of that. But then again, it's just us that lives here. Like, who am I really trying to impress? Right. <laughs> you know? And that's the other part of it is like, I don't need to have my bathroom clean once a week while sure it's sanitary. It's okay if I skip a week, you know? Right. <laughs> so, like you don't have an employer looking at you and being like, I'm not going to pay you because you're not doing your job right. or you're fired because you haven't been sticking to your weekly and daily tasks that need to get done. Like you mm-hmm. are your employer within your home. Like your right. homemaking's a vocation and you're the boss. And while my family appreciates a clean home, right. my husband the other day, as he was like, come sit down with us. And I'm like, oh, I just got to do the dishes. And he's like, honestly, no one's going to notice but you. And I'm like, that's very true. Like nobody oh, is going to notice the dishes are not done yet, or they're not going to get done until later on. But it's just, it's a struggle within myself to always want to make sure that everything is done daily, you know? And that's like another thing that I think I'm trying to kind of work on is I don't need to be so tight about (laughs) making sure that everything is done because like I said, the dishes are going to come back. The floor is going to get dirty again. So going back, just like skipping it just so I can be with my family and play with my children. Like I need to start realizing that's more important than a clean home. That's a really hard thing to do. I, I have a hard time with that too. And I have a really hard time being interrupted. So I have tasks that I want to get done. So like we were talking about in the kitchen, sometimes I love having my children in the kitchen and talking to me and helping and doing all these things. Other times I'm like, please don't be in here. I feel like sometimes I just can't get things done because of the constant interruption. And I hate to admit that, but it's reality. And I would imagine a large percentage of women within the homemakers club could agree to that because Sometimes it feels like you're doing so many but can't get anything done. And I have a really hard time. Do you have a hard time with that? Yes, I really do. It's just constant disruptions. I actually was wondering the other day how I did homemaking before kids. Like sometimes I wonder, why did it take me so long to do laundry before kids when now it takes me like twice as long because I'm a constant interruption. Sometimes I will just put in my headphones I listen to a podcast or music while I'm doing the dishes and they kind of know like when those are in not to bother me. They still do, but that's kind of helped a little bit. Like a little <laughs> clue, like mom's That's like a little needs. signal, like mom's, mom's busy, but I don't know. I've also had lower my expectations a lot. So, oh, there we go. So that's, that's key. like, I know that I'm not going to finish them, you know, within one sitting. So I will stop what I'm doing, attend to the children, then come back. And I just expect it. 
I love that you said that. Because it's going to happen. There's no way. I don't want to always just be putting them down in front of something to keep them occupied. While it's fine, like, you know, when once in a while, I don't want to do that every single time I'm cleaning or washing dishes because that's every single day all day long. (laughs) So that kind of prioritizes housekeeping over homemaking, I think. Mm -hmm what you're saying. And I've been kind of feeling that way a little bit with work. So with the homemakers club, there's a lot of stuff I've mentioned kind of going on behind the scenes. And I was just telling my husband yesterday, I'm like, gosh, it can be so frustrating when I have all these projects. I have meetings on my schedule for all these different things. I just want to like sit down at my desk sometimes and just slam some of this stuff out. But I have children constantly coming upstairs like, hi, mom. I'm like, hi, what? what's up? You know, I mean, 15-year-old, <laughs> it's a little different than a four-year-old. But I have been struggling with that. And I'm trying to, trying to switch my mindset into being like, how blessed am I that I get to work from home, that I can still be within my home. I got my kids all comfy. They're doing whatever they're doing downstairs and they can come up and visit with me. And I need to come to a place where I can be grateful for that. That's something I'm trying to work on because it's hard. It is. And yeah, the same. I'm trying to work on that too because you have to just remind yourself of like that you get to do this. And so when I'm washing dishes, like my five-year-old will come up and just give me a hug and I'll stop. I'm like, hi, sweetie. What are you doing? And and she'll just give me a hug and she calls them puppy hugs because she wants me to like pick her up and kind of oh, give her a big bear hug. So I'll do that. And then, you know, like that makes me feel good, actually. Like she still wants me. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to always be the case. But I have learned, I don't know if this will help you with like your work, but I've like scheduled myself office hours okay. where I taking care of like household finances because I don't even think I have time to do that during the day. Like I never can just sit down and focus on like my computer, checking emails, paying bills, calling doctor's offices, all that kind of stuff, because just kids are constantly around. But I've been doing that. Like during that time, I just schedule myself office hours. And so when they're sleeping, I don't do anything else but that. And that's been really helpful. But I know your kids don't nap, but (laughs) you could like set them up with. Well, they go to sports. So normally I'm like slamming through chores or doing whatever else, but that's a great idea to kind of set office hours. So whether you're actually doing a a business or you're taking care of, you know, those things like you're saying within our home and the requirements and responsibilities we have that are outside of cooking, cleaning, tending to children, like paying. I love that. Like a home office. That's one thing that I really kind of have when I worked at my office job, like I had those quiet hours. And so if I had downtime at work, I would just sit on the computer and I would take care of like my finances and budget and do all that kind of stuff. And since being home, like I don't sit down to do that ever. <laughs> I I'll do it like at 11 o'clock at night when someone's asleep and then the baby cries and I've interrupted. So scheduling those has been huge. And a lot of times I do want to go clean or do something else, but those are things that I can do when the kids are awake. Um, so I have to keep reminding myself, like, okay, focus on the things that you absolutely cannot do <laughs> when the children are awake. And then you can always do the other things when they're around your feet. And so that's been huge. Just office hours has been key, I think, for just running, <laughs> running my home efficiently. I love that. I'm so grateful. Because also time to do that offset to meal plan or even just to, I try not to really scroll, but I will go through like recipe blogs and that kind of stuff to get ideas for that. Because those are all things that run your home. I mean, we meal plan, we budget, we schedule in, you know, like cleaning days, like I said. So just a great opportunity to do that. 
That is amazing. And I think so many women are going to find such encouragement. And that's such a great idea. I mean, we talk about treating homemaking as our vocation. Like, was it C.S. Lewis who said, like, oh, I'm going to butcher. I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to delete this. <laughs> I can't even think. But see, okay. I think it's fascinating because we, we tend to try to think, like, we have the best job in the world. And so why not treat aspects of it, like you're saying, like having home office hours where we can focus on those things. That's fantastic wisdom. And I'm so grateful that you said that you do that because I've never thought in 15 years of homemaking to prioritize that time to take care of the background organizational parts of running a home. It's great. I mean, this, this is your work. Yeah. And so you have to do like that backside stuff, which is never fun, <laughs> but it has to get done. And as we sit here right now, I'm like thinking of just random bills that I have thrown in a drawer that I need to attend oh, to. But... <laughs> I've got my stack over there. I know I need to do this oh, thing. It's, it's just, it's all part of it. And that's actually something nobody ever talks about is like the back end work of building a foundation for our home, the work that goes into it behind the scenes. So we, Talk about meal planning. You meal plan. How do you organize that? So Fridays are my meal plan days that I try to, I don't always get to doing it because it requires me to actually sit down and flip through cookbooks and all that. Cookbooks are my favorite books to read, to be honest. Like I love them. I'll flip through through inspiration, but I actually also like to kind of like each day a theme. So I find like if you do like Mondays are... Pasta days, Tuesdays or taco days, Wednesdays. It kind of just like takes the guesswork out of trying to find meals. Mm-hmm. It's hard right now because my kids are extremely picky. My husband's on a specific diet. And then I enjoy a lot of good quality. I, don't, I can't say fancy food, but I love creating recipes and like having love different food. variety. Mm-hmm. So I, I do run a small restaurant here <laughs> and everybody has their own meals. It is enjoyable. I, I love doing it because I've gotten quite good at making, you know, four meals at one time because the kids will generally eat roughly the same thing. I try to like meal plan for myself and for my husband throughout the week. And the kids, you know, they eat like a few of their certain things. So I do that on Fridays and then we shop on Saturdays and then Mondays I have everything set out, but I try to have been sticking to more of like basic meals. So roasted chicken, we do steak once a week. It's really good, wholesome quality meals. I think dinner time is like our best time with my family here. I love it so much. No matter where the kids are, everybody just comes to the table. We eat. We talk about our days. My daughter, she her new favorite thing is like, you can't leave the table until you, t- until you tell me about what your favorite thing was oh, about today. So um, cute. I just love that. So She'll but meal planning can be kind of tricky. Yeah, <laughs> it can be. And But what I've also found with meal planning too is you don't have to go to the store as often because you've already done the work, like sat down, picked out what meals, what items you need for those meals and make your list so you're buying intentionally and purposefully so you're right. saving money as well you don't like you said the guest works out of the picture because you've already got all the ingredients in your home and I also love how you're talking about making kind of just more like well-rounded meals instead of all these different ones I used to always pick like these wildly diverse because like you I love good food like I <laughs> love it so much 
I laugh because the movie Julie and Julia, I actually just yeah, shared this. I just watched that on the plane the best, two months ago. <laughs> it's the best movie. And I showed a clip to my husband the other day when the husband and wife were sitting. Julia Child was there in the restaurant. She's debating, like, what should I do? Should I take hat making classes or whatever? And the husband says, well, what do you really love? She's like, food. I love to eat. Like, it is me in a nutshell. Like, I love and appreciate good food. I love cooking, but what I found on meal planning, especially in preparing meals for my family, is those simple meals, they could be very delicious, but you don't have to buy like a million random ingredients. Mm -hmm. And so like maybe once or twice a week, we'll do something really special and amazing. But then I try to be smart and like the next week have a meal that I can still use those remaining ingredients. So I'm being resourceful with my purchasing as well. And then cooking for young children, I want to touch on this. I love good food. Like I said, my husband appreciates good food as well. What I learned at a, early on when my children were really young is I would prepare this big meal for us, but I learned how to separate the ingredients. Mm-hmm. So that way, like if we're having whatever, I might not put the sauce on it. I might not put all the veggies all into one, like say stir fry or whatever. I could have the chicken on the side, the veggies on the side, and that's what the kids would eat. And then my husband and I would like mix it all up and make the actual meal. And now Mm -hmm. what I've seen is my children love great food. Their palates have grown immensely and they are eating what we're eating because I kind of essentially ate that all along the way. I just separated out the ingredients and maybe made like mac and cheese or something also with it. That was super helpful. And it's kind of created this opportunity where now my kids' palates are incredible. And I only have to make one dinner every night. That's fantastic. If I could go back, There's I would help. focus more on on that. So I just, at the time, I'm like, okay, my kids need to eat. <laughs> They're not eating this, but I want their bellies to be full. And so I make them not whatever they wanted, but within reason. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that they've learned is that like kids, they don't really care about variety. They're okay having the same meal every single night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it hasn't been too difficult because there's a little menu of things that they love. And so I'll just, as long as it's something from that, you know, and as they're getting older, they're trying new things and they're loving new things. And so if you have a picky eater, just know that it's going to be okay. <laughs> Your child will be fine because like my daughter is now going to be eight. And she was very extremely picky to the point where I was almost in tears one day trying to feed her because I'm like, there is nothing left. Like you will only eat two items. <laughs> Not even enough to make a meal. But like I prayed about it and we worked through it. And you know, she now will try new things and she's thriving. Like she's very healthy. But I'm I started including her too in the kitchen. Okay. And she loves. And that has helped immensely too. Like she sees what we're cooking. She we talk about nutrition and what things do to the body and it's never a negative thing. We never say that anything is bad or she can't have that, but just some things are better than others and within moderation. And so that has been so helpful. That's a good idea. I love bringing, well, and having her come in. So we have to kind of mentally prepare ourselves. Sally Clarkson and I were talking about that too. Like if you're not someone who naturally just would love to have your children in the kitchen, prepare yourself mentally. Like I'm going to invite her in. And like you're saying, there's purpose there because you invited her in. It's a beautiful bonding moment for you and your daughter, but also there is intention there as well. She's helping see the ingredients. She might be able, you know, when she's younger, maybe put the broccoli in the pot as she's getting older, Mm -hmm. she can split the peas or whatever it may be. She's 
learning skills alongside you, but also learning where food comes from. She's wanting to taste test maybe with you. So there's this beautiful Mm -hmm. intention in those lessons as well. And you're seeing kind of the fruit of that labor. I love that you're doing that. Going back to just inviting them to the kitchen and how hard it can be sometimes because there are lots of times because I am making multiple meals where I'm like a crazy chef, like get out of my way. (laughs) (laughs) And so and she's now like, no, she's like, okay, my mom's getting crazy. Like I got to leave. But when they are younger, instead of them helping you prepare the meal itself, I would just set them up at the kitchen table with a cutting board and a, like a child safety knife and a potato. It's not even for dinner, but they're just in the kitchen with me. They're practicing their skills. They're, you know, like doing a sensory thing. And they love that. They love just being there, kind of being involved, but not really being involved. And they're out of my way, but still like in my presence. And I feel like they're part of it. Yeah, that was very, very helpful. So for anybody who has small children or leery about inviting them to the kitchen, just kind of like set them up a little station. Amazon has really good like serrated plastic kids knives that actually cut through things, but don't actually like cut you. It just give them like a little job and that will keep them busy for a while and you can keep their eyes on them. And it's a good way to get them used to being into the kitchen and to being helpful. And then eventually you can start giving them different tasks to do that are safe and easy and now my daughter makes her own pancakes. So, oh, how cute. <laughs> which is helpful for me because last right? night she, they had pancakes and she's like, can I just do all the flipping? I'm like, yes, you can man the pancakes and Perfect. I'll do everything else. <laughs> so. I love that. My little girl says she makes the world's famous uh, scrambled eggs and she actually makes a really great scrambled egg, but they, she's grown with her skills. So she's growing mm-hmm. height wise and age wise, but also skill wise as well. And that can go outside of the kitchen too with helping around the home. I know a lot of women feel like, oh my gosh, I'm constantly cleaning up. I have children that are constantly making a mess. Like that's all I do, especially mothers with young children. Have you had your children help you around the home as well? Yes. Yes or no. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes is the answer. Sometimes it's unwilling and I've never been good with chore charts. I've tried them. Same. It's, I, I don't stick with them. I don't check them. They don't stick with them. Now that they're getting older, I've been trying to implement just asking them to do a task just to help me out. And I've explained to them, I said, do you understand? Like when you help me around the house, I have more time to do things with you. I can't, you know, like do puzzles and read books and hang out with you if I'm constantly picking up, you know, dishes. And again, like that can all be left, but it also has to be done. (laughs) And they're starting to realize that. And so, you know, and now when they do it, we give them praise and I really just sit down with them and I say, you really helped me out today. That was really amazing. I thank you so much. I love you. I'm so grateful for your help. And they just feel like seen and loved. And now they are starting to whine to like lend a helping hand. But I also going back to like the chores, like I've always had the mindset that I enjoy and, and will gladly pick up after them. And I think the best way personally to teach your children how to clean and to pick up after themselves by modeling that. And so like when they see me picking up, I think over time, like they'll eventually just know that that's what you're supposed to do. I think you're right because my, so my nine-year-old and my 15-year-old both are so tidy. Like it blows my mind that they are so tidy. Their beds are made every day. Sometimes I might have to remind them like, hey, go make your bed before Mm -hmm. we do school. But for the most part, beds are always made. I rarely have to tell them to clean their room, which is wild, especially for a 15-year-old boy. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, our home is pretty tidy all the time. Now, granted, I'm not one to be able to sit down. Like, I don't, I don't sit very often other than Julie and Julia 
that's the last movie I've watched and that was months ago. Like I don't I don't sit and watch TV. It's just not something I'm interested in. I'd rather be organizing or cleaning or baking or doing something with my hands. Um so I'm constantly tidying and like you were saying, like I find tidying my home a blessing and I enjoy it and I enjoy a clean space. I'm not like frantic, like nobody do anything in this house. I need a clean home. It's just I enjoy having a clean and pretty home and and I think my children appreciate that because now that they're older, I can come downstairs from doing work or whatever and the cushions are all like perfectly organized on the couch. <laughs> so cute. They like they take care of our home. And I think like what you were saying is because they see me taking care of my home. So I'm hoping that as they get older and they get their own homes that they continue doing that. Yeah, and I've always have gotten a negative result by enforcing chores mm-hmm. like what, if, when I ask my children to like pick up it's always like ah mom I don't want to but when I like say it in a really I don't know like a kind way and I say oh you're really gonna help me out and I really appreciate you like want to do it and I just have had way better results that way and so I just I kind of just like nix the to-dos nix the chore list and if they want to help out one day then that's fantastic if they don't I don't mind. I know eventually they're going to end up cleaning the rooms. And like, as they get older, like they'll catch on to those behaviors and they'll do that. It's just not the negative thing I want to focus on with them right now. So. Well, just a healthy mindset. And sometimes you could be like, y'all, this house is a mess. We've got to spend 15 minutes. Let's all work together. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put some music on and let's just bust it out. My kids always laugh. Like, let's just bust it out, mom. Like they use my verbiage. <laughs> and it just brings me great joy to hear them say that but sometimes that's all it needs it's just like this positive like we're going to do this together we're going to turn on some music we're all going to work really hard and I've also found like over the years giving them a specific thing like we're going to turn on music we're going to bust it out the first thing I want you to do like if they've had a friend over and there are toys everywhere go in your room and pick up all your dolls first And then she's like, okay, and like runs in there and she's like hurrying, hurrying and picking up the dolls first. And then now what? And like kind of making it a game for all of us. That's been really helpful too. So like the positive language that you're using, but then also sometimes just making it fun has been really helpful. That's key with small children Mm -hmm. because they don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. (laughs) Well, kind of look at what we say a lot on Instagram is like, if you have a mindset of making something beautiful and wonderful, it becomes that. So like washing dishes, you can look at it as like, oh my gosh, I have more dishes to wash five times a day because we have three meals and 90 snacks, you know, being home all day. I can look at it as like begrudgingly, or I can look at it as like, I'm so grateful to be home with my family, feeding them all these meals. They're happy. They're fed. I'm going to do like kitchen sink ministry work where I'm like just present in my kitchen, being grateful listening to a podcast or music like it's a mindset shift that we can do for ourselves but also our children oh for sure it's just well and I I always try to remind my kids too like I I'm always like it's not my house it's not dad's house it's our house Mm -hmm. like we need to work together as a team to make this house functional and efficient so that we can live here and be safe and be happy and healthy and that's been another like mind shift for them too is like they're starting to realize like okay we're a team here like we need to start pitching in and that just takes time as I get older. I don't expect my three-year-old to to realize that, but my seven-year-old, like she's like, okay, I'm going to organize. And she's also like now really starting to love to do that. Like she loves to organize. So I'll give her a task. Can you go organize the pantry? And she'll be in there for hours 
<laughs> just like it makes her so happy. And it may not be the way that I like it organized, but it's just she's starting to learn how to take care of her home and she loves it. It's just so sweet. Before we wrap this up, I would love for you to kind of give any bit of encouragement or wisdom. We talked a lot about reframing our mindsets and lowering maybe some expectations or organizational skills like the home office hours. There's We've talked about so many wonderful things and I think all of it really kind of encompasses really embracing our role within our homes and and being grateful for it and then also taking time to be really intentional about all the aspects of home so whether it's motherhood the organizational side of it the lovely pour into it what would you encourage any homemaker to do this week if there's like one thing that they can really think about so that way they feel good about what they're doing because what they're what they're doing is so incredibly important but it's hard and we all are in different seasons and we see all these women on Instagram doing all these different things that sometimes it's hard to and we fall into a comparison trap so if you could give just one like come on girls what would it be okay so the one thing and we did talk about a lot of topics didn't we (laughs) that's the best about these conversations we're all over the board here friends with our Uh, cup of coffee (laughs) but the one thing that I and I try to remind myself this too is that God chose you individually and you alone to serve your house and your family Mm -hmm. and sometimes we need to write that down and put it on our fridge or on our medicine cabinet or next to our sink but this house is your house and you are the gatekeeper of your home and whatever makes you happy is what is good for your house mm-hmm. and for your home because he didn't give this home to anybody else but you. And so I just think that's a big reminder because going back to comparison, you know, there's just so many things out there that can get us in a negative mindset about our home and about our mothering and about our decor and about the way we feed our children. And only you as a mom know what's best for you and your family and what you find beautiful is what you find beautiful. I started to realize a lot lately too, is like, I don't care if somebody finds this piece of artwork, not beautiful. Like I love it. And I want it in my home because it makes me very happy. Just the other day I was on Pinterest and I saw that somebody had, and I don't know if they use like contact paper or what, but they had a floral refrigerator. It was like flowers. It was so pretty. And I'm like, good for you. Like (laughs) a lot of people would maybe think that that's not, you know, like a beautiful thing in a home. I mean, flowers are beautiful, but like, but that person just took the risk because it made them very happy. And I just love that. Like I admire that in other people when they just choose things that might not be like in the trend, but that just make them happy because when you are happy, like your light shines within to the rest of your family. Mm -hmm. And that's just really important. That authenticity of self and knowing Mm -hmm. like, encouraging other women to do that and then doing that within your own you'll never feel like you are your best you unless you're being you like Mm -hmm. embrace who you are embrace your calling you are entrusted to care for the people in your home on purpose that's so beautiful it's so true Mm -hmm. well i am so grateful that you joined me angelina i think that so many people are going to be encouraged and just so blessed by this conversation, especially the mothers of younger children to know that um, 
they're doing a good thing and homemaking is so valuable through all seasons of life so thank you for joining today thank you for having me thank y'all for being here and for the work you are doing within your homes and sharing home with the world I believe with my whole heart that every day, the more we share home and the art of homemaking, we are upholding the way in which home was intended to be, productive, fruitful, and beautiful. Though your days may seem ordinary, little by little, you are building something quite extraordinary. Keep up the good work, my friends. If you haven't already, I encourage you to join our sisterhood on Instagram at We Are The Homemakers for daily encouragement and fellowship. And of course, subscribe here as well. We are the homemakers gathered for good. See y'all next week. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness. Featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of driven living.